Hi, I'm Trevor Thrall. Welcome to the Get Your Writing Done podcast. The school year is right around the corner, and for many of us, that means that life is about to get even crazier, and there's going to be even less time for our writing. And that raises an important question all writers have to face. How do you get your writing done when life gets busy? In this episode, I'll share four strategies that I think will help. So today's episode is about the back-to-school crunch and making time to write in a busy life. I'm a professor, and I spend mid-May to mid-August every year blissfully free, no classes, no students, no meetings, plenty of time for writing. And then by mid-August, when I'm recording this, the students start to come out of the woodwork, especially the graduate students, wanting me to read stuff, wanting to meet. Uh, it's time to dust off my lectures and polish the syllabi. I have to go to faculty meetings. You know, you know the story. Uh, and my writing time starts to approximate zero. Um, you know, and when my kids were little, they're not anymore, but, you know, the back-to-school crunch was even more intense because we were ferrying kids back and forth to school, to practices, music lessons, what have you. I'm sure most of you can relate to that. But, you know, even if you don't have kids or you're, you know, post-kids phase, maybe you're in a pre-kids phase, um, you know, most of us have periods of our year that are predictably crazy. You know, accountants have tax season. Maybe you're in marketing and every time there's a pitch for a new client, uh, it's all hands on deck for several weeks. Um, you know, basically life is busy and all of us writers need to figure out strategies to make time to write even when things get crazy or, you know, the writing just won't get done. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, I've spent several decades now in a profession where my number one responsibility um, is to get writing done. And so I've had to figure out ways to stay productive even when the school year hits, even when things get crazy. And I'm not going to say that I'm the world's best or anything at this, but I definitely have some hard, I suppose, hard learned, uh, hard won lessons. And so today's uh, podcast, I, I just wanted to share some of those observations, maybe my mindset, my attitude, share an attitude about making time to write, and a few kind of strategies that I think might help if you are trying to find strategies for making time in your busy life. So first, I want to start with the first observation or I guess generic piece of advice is sort of a 30,000 foot piece of advice. And um, the reason I start with this is because I meet so many people who write who are really hard on themselves when they don't get things done or when they don't get as much done as they'd like to or think they should. Uh, and so here's the first thing that I advise, and that is when you enter into the busy time of year, respect the catastrophe, right? Respect the fact that life is busier now, right? That, that has a meaning. And what it means is you need to not expect that you're going to get so much done. And my specific piece of advice when you sort of uh, enter the busy phase is to really know your speed limit. And what do I mean by speed limit? Uh, 
speed limit, pretty simply, just how fast you work under various conditions. So in the summertime, I, you know, have a lot of time every day. And so how much I can get done every day is pretty high. During the school year, I am a lot busier every week. I have way less time to write. And so my speed limit is much lower. So I have to respect the fact that I can get less done when I'm during a busy part of the year than other times. Now, uh, admit right up front, this was not me as a young person. When I was first um, professoring, I, I had ambitious writing goals and I did not care what time of year it was. Uh, my plans were ambitious regardless. And in fact, I think, you know, fall is sort of an exciting, sort of invigorating time for a lot of us. We, you know, the snap of fall is in the air and you start thinking about how much you could get done this year. It's going to be a big year. I think probably I got even more unrealistic when the school year started than at other times when I was younger. Um, and so I would make plans that I just, I just couldn't do. Um, routinely, I wouldn't get done anywhere near, you know, half of what I had in my plans. And then, of course, I would feel terrible about it. I'd beat myself up about it. And then I'd go right back and I'd make another ridiculously unrealistic plan, you know, in part because I was trying to make up for the last one where I didn't, where I didn't, you know, get all my stuff done that I wanted. But eventually, through enough pain and blood and tears, I realized that no matter how much I put in my plan, during the school year, I had a hard limit of, of about what I will call you one major chunk uh, per month. That's about all I could ever finish. No matter what I thought I was going to get done, I could get one major thing done on a project each month and a few minor things, you know, sort of not major, minor. I, these are technical terms. I described them in the book. Um, but, you know, a major chunk would be something like if I had the notes and the data already, um, I, I could write a chapter, a draft, or something like that. Or I could do the data analysis, or maybe I could collect the data, depending on things, right? So roughly a major chunk. And just it just kind of worked out. The kind of stuff I do, that's just about the pace I could do. And then while I'm doing that, I could do some other things. Like I could, you know, noodle on notes, or I could, um, you know, do, do other small things. But basically, for anything that t took sort of sustained uh, time, you know, uninterrupted time where you need three or four hours in a row sort of a thing in order to make progress. I only have enough time during the school year to do one major chunk uh, a month. Um, and the big aha for me was when I finally stopped getting down on myself about that and I started using my speed limit as my ultimate planning tool. So as I adapted and finally adopted the 12-week year, I realized that my previous approach had been kind of ridiculous. I was just, it was a laundry list of to-dos, unrealistic set of expectations. There was no way I was going to get to them all. I didn't have them prioritized very well and so on. And instead, what I started doing was saying, look, um, I know I can get exactly this many things done a month. They're going to be, you know, roughly four months in a semester, three or four, whatever. I'm going to get three or four things done this semester. And um, then I can also plan a few minor things. And so I started um, realizing that if I did that, I could actually execute the plan. And then I would be happy at the end of the semester. Instead of, instead of being unhappy because I got seven things done and I had 50 on my plan, Instead, I got seven out of seven things done from my plan, and I felt great about it. Um, but, you know, I, 
so and I will say the peace of mind that I got of you know feeling good about the progress I was making during a busy time was probably the best part of it all um, because it's very easy to stress um, you know when you're in a job that depends on your writing it's easy to stress about getting it done and so for me that was a huge win but I also got some other wins from from respecting my own speed limits from respecting the fact that I was doing work in a busy time and that was first that I was more efficient because I didn't put so much on my plate. I didn't sort of zigzag between projects and kind of dart around like a hamster. Oh, try to get this done. Try to get that done. You know, if you're trying to make progress on multiple fronts at once, it's usually going to be frustrating. And, you know, I I wrote a whole chapter in the book about managing multiple projects because it's such a bad idea. Uh, And I did learn that the hard way, still sort of learning that the hard way. Um, And so instead, by focusing on just the few most important things and as much as you can one project at a time, you really get better traction on that project. And so you're more efficient, you're more productive, you will get more done that way, even during busy times than trying a different approach. Uh, And you're also gonna get the benefit of not only just the sort of generic peace of mind, but also you're gonna make progress on that project and that buoys you. Right. And it helps propel you forward. So, um, you know, because it's easy during busy times to feel like you're going so slow on things that you feel like you're never going to finish. And that's demoralizing. Nobody likes that feeling. And so making progress, um, you know, in a predictable, consistent way, which is much more possible when you know your speed limit and you plan accordingly. Right. Set realistic expectations, plan accordingly. Um, I think, you know, that for me has been a key strategy for surviving the busy times. Now, I'll talk about in a different episode, probably the, the you know, hey, I'm going to throw it on the pile for summer and then I'll have a really unrealistic summer plan. Um, I also had to learn that. It was kind of a backlash lesson, but we'll talk about that another time. All right, so so first key is is to respect the, the busy, know your speed limit, set realistic plans and expectations. The second big strategy is to make time for your writing during the busy period by scheduling it. And, you know, that sounds, duh, you know, really obvious. But for me, again, it, it wasn't because I, you know, my my graduate school years were, you know, all I had to do was write. So I never had to think about making time for write. And during the summers, professors schedules are super flexible so you can always find more time to write that's not very hard something comes up you just write later or you know switch from morning to afternoon or whatever not a big problem but but when you're busy right you need to be even more um diligent about making sure that your writing is on the schedule and on the calendar otherwise it won't it won't happen you know that right and so the trick is and it doesn't matter if you're only able to schedule an hour a week, one session a week, whatever it might be, that's great, right? If that's all you have time for, if that's the crazy part of your life you're in, no problem, do it, right? If you can sneak a couple in, great, do that. It doesn't matter you know, exactly what the number is. What matters is that you are prioritizing your writing even during the busy period by saying, this is when and this is where I'm gonna write. And that's, and that is, you know, Really, I think the sort of the double keys there is number one, you need to find a when that's going to work during the busy period, because, you know, very likely if it's like it is for me, for you, 
um, the same times aren't going to work, right? So you're going to need to find a different time during the day, during the week uh, to write because you're busier than usual. So if you need to, you know, hide away at lunch, if you need to work earlier in the morning, if you need to carve out a time later at night or whatever. Um, and the key to the to the when is really, it's got to be a time that you know you can defend. And I'm going to talk about defending your time in just a minute. But but it's got to be a time you know you're going to be able to get your work done without people getting in your way and and screwing up your writing session. So you got to have your when, and that's very closely attached to your where. Um, you also have to have a place that you're going to be able to be productive. Um, and, you know, for me, like during the school year, that is not on campus usually. Um, I, you know, on campus, I also have strategies to defend my, my space by like, you know, covering over the, uh, the, the window in my door with postcards so no one can see I'm there and turning off the light, making sure I'm very quiet. And so if anyone knocks on the door during a writing session, I don't answer. They, they just keep knocking until they go away. Um, so anyways, um, not on campus. Find a coffee shop where no one knows you who you are. Uh, go to the basement. Um, you know, put a curtain up and put a sign up that says, "If you come past this curtain, I will kill you." Whatever you need to do to find a, a place that you can be, um, you can be free. Right? Or is how to keep predators from destroying your writing sessions. And the, the devious part about this, of course, is that these predators are people like your loved ones, your significant other, your partner, your kids, your dog. Um, also, not so loved ones, maybe like your boss uh, or your colleagues um, and, and other, you know, commitments that you've made in life. And so one of the things that I really strongly advise you to do when you are entering into a busy phase and you are you know, have even less time to write is that you make very clear with your significant others um, that you are not going to let them mess up your writing sessions, right? That you are going to protect these from uh, all comers. So this usually requires making various promises, compromises, what have you, right? Um, so, you know, if you need to tell your spouse, Hey, I, you know, my new schedule is a little crazy, so I'm going to take, you know, seven to eight in the morning in the basement and I don't, you know, I'm going to try to really have no interruptions because it's hard for me to, you know, whatever like that, do that. Um, if you need to tell your boss that, you know what, you, you told me I need to get this report done by whenever that means you guys are too bothersome. I'm going to have to go to, you know, the conference room on another floor and I'm going to write for two hours every day after lunch there and don't bother me. Um, you know, whatever those sorts of things are that you need to do to let people know, look, I've got a writing schedule and it's important. Um, and how exactly you do that, that's part of the magic that you're going to need to figure out for your own situation. But I definitely have had to do that, you know, with my wife, um, with my various work that I've had. And, you know, you're going to be much happier if you know that, you know, you've got writing sessions that you can keep clean, as I think of it, right? And the second thing you need to do to defend your time is to kill distractions. And, you know, I know we're all at sort of different places on the distractibility curve. Um, and, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm talking mostly to younger people when I talk about social media and the internet and so on. Um, but but wherever you are on this, right, we, we all know that, you know, dealing with your phone, dealing with your email, your smartwatch, all those things are just, you know, ginormous um, attention sucks. And, you know, you need to do whatever you can to minimize 
the impact of those things on your writing sessions, right? This is when you're busy. You only have maybe a couple hours a week to write. You don't have time to waste. So you really can't be looking at eBay or Twitter or Facebook or whatever book or TikTok, right? You need to put the phone on, you know, shut it down. Um, if you need a social media blocker or one of those website blockers that doesn't let you go online, install. Um, if you are a person who likes the Pomodoro timer method or something like that to keep you focused, do it. If you need to schedule co-writing sessions like online with people who will help kind of keep you accountable to focusing, absolutely do that, right? Whatever you need to do to help you be focused. And, you know, for me and, and sort of part of the 12 week year system, one of the things for me that really helps is um, this concept of buffer blocks. So if you're about to go into a writing session and you're someone who worries about missing something important for work or you sort of have a social media withdrawal thing, uh, whatever it might be, right? Do, do this. Do schedule a little buffer on each side of your writing session and check all your stuff that you need to check right before you go into your writing session. And then be comfortable that that's going to rest for an hour or whatever your amount of time is, right? It will it will keep. And then right after you're done, you know, tell yourself, look, as soon as I finish my writing session, I don't know, pat myself on the back. Then I'm going to go check my stuff again to make sure everything's okay. Um, and if you get in the habit of buffering, right, keep the distractions out, keep them in the buffer zones, keep them out of your writing session. I think, you know, if you can build up that discipline, it will really help. And, and it may be that you want to start with shorter writing sessions and buffer on both sides and slowly build those writing sessions in length until you are happy with how much distraction-free time you're able to put in to your writing. So I think you know, defending your time is one of the things during the busy times that you need to be especially good at. I think you always have to be good at it. You have to be especially good during the busy times. And then the last uh, sort of general piece of advice is about what I think of as clawing back time from the beast. Um, and by beast, I guess I probably mostly mean your work, um, your day job, but I, but also just the beast that is life, right? That, that the rest of your life really never feels, um, shy about asking for more of your time. Um, you know, uh, so I say sometimes the best defense is a good offense. Let's go find some of their time and take it back for our writing. And so, I have two, this is a two-parter. And the first one is you might, to use a sports phrase, um, I think of it, well, I'll use two phrases. One is I think of it as, as playing small ball. Uh, another way you might think of it is um, gathering nuts and berries. And what I mean is finding small chunks of time in which you can be productive um, and move towards your writing goals. And, and so, you know, if your week is anything like mine, you have a lot of, kind of weird interstitial downtime. So maybe you have a commute, for example. That's an obvious one. Um, for some people, lunchtime. Uh, time between meetings. Like you've got two meetings at work and they sort of one ends and it ended a little early. So you got 15 or 20 minutes before the next one and you're like not even in your office now. So it's like, what do you do? Or you had to travel somewhere else in the city for a meeting. You got a half an hour car ride, you know, taxi or Uber back, whatever, right? Most lives have these weird little chunks, right? And if you're on the job, especially your your days, I'm guessing, full of these things. And so my advice is to start clawing those nuts and berries, those small chunks of time, and put them to good use, 
I think most people, most of the time, you know, don't put them to, I would say, you know, productive use. I'm not saying they're not valuable always, but not necessarily productive. So what do we usually do during those times? We look at our email for the thousandth time. We check Twitter or Facebook again. Um, you know, we look at Airbnb to think about where we might go on vacation. Whatever it might be, I do that a lot. Um, whatever it might be, but, but, you know, if you think about it, right, this is your busy time. And you don't have enough time for your writing or as much as you'd like. One way to get some more is to claw back those little nuts and berry times. Now, you can't use a nuts and berry time to do anything or everything, right? That's not going to cut it if you're trying to, you know, if, if you're doing a task that really kind of takes two to four hours of uninterrupted, deep think and write sort of time, like, you know, writing a chapter in your novel or your, 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 your book or whatever, or, you know, analyzing data or stuff like that that's required for your writing. That's going to be hard to do in a 12-minute chunk. You're not even going to get started, right? Um, but, you know... Again, all writers, it seems to me, no matter what genre, maybe poets are different, I'm not sure, but, but we all have non-writing tasks that are required to get our writing done. Could be you know, background research of different kinds, reading different things, um, could be uh, learning a little bit more, you know, if you want to write a book about, you know, medieval, you know, druids and something like that, you need to read some stuff on druids, uh, you know, if you're writing a fantasy novel or something like that, so you get some research to do. Um, or maybe there's other kinds of learning you could be doing about how to market your book or whatever, right? And so I've, I, you know, I've, I think this might be one of my small minor superpowers because I've gotten really, really good at making use of the nuts and berries time. Um, I, I, for different periods of time, I've had longish commutes. Um, I definitely have faculty meetings where I can do things during the faculty meeting. Don't tell anyone. Um, you know, you don't need your whole brain for the faculty meeting. I would be doing some other stuff too. Um, but but I have a lot of this, you know, interstitial time. And I have discovered that I there are a wide range of things I can do during those times that move my projects forward. I can respond to emails. Uh, I can help my graduate students um, solve problems. I can read things other people have written, even though I don't have time to write it myself. I can offer, you know, good uh, kind of course correction to other people's work and so on. And so what, what I what I figured out once I as I figured out this strategy, and and I'll share this because not it may not be everyone who can take advantage of this, but maybe this will this will be useful to you or help inspire you to think about how you might use nuts and berries time. But but it actually helped transform the very way I do my work at, at, at the university because what I learned was nuts and berries time is not enough for me. You know, I can't use it to write a draft of a chapter. I can't do that 10 minutes at a time or 20 minutes at a time. I need to sit down and have a morning, right? But, but again, I, I can collaborate very effectively in bits and pieces like that. And so what I figured out when I, when I came to the university where I work now, George Mason, I started working with PhD students, and I realized that if I, you know, give good guidance at the beginning of a project to a PhD student, and I co-author something with them, they can do a lot of this groundwork that takes sort of more unbroken time, of which they have more than I do, and then I can lend sort of high-value collaboration and guidance and leadership, um, but I can do that sort of without even needing to plan it necessarily because I can find this time all over my schedule 
to make a quick response or what have you. And I don't, and I, and I end up getting more done than I normally did before on my own because now I can work with many graduate students at a time on a project or on a couple projects. And I don't have to carve out as much time during the busiest times of my year and the school year to try to work on projects and get them done. It's, it's transformed the way I do my work. And I now pretty much write everything with graduate students. Has other benefits, but that a big one is that I actually can get things done during the school year um, on projects that I wouldn't really be able to do anything on if it were just me working by myself. And so nuts and berries time can be really productive, not for the main task perhaps, but for all sorts of the ancillary tasks that are required for you to do your thing when it comes to sitting down and writing whatever it is, whatever it is you're writing. Okay, and then the second clawback time from the beast uh, strategy I will share is an advanced topic. So I wanna start with a warning, use this tool sparingly. Um, I was listening to a, no, not listening. I was reading a Twitter thread the other day. Uh, a CEO who shall remain nameless uh, tweeted out that a good idea for ambitious young people would be to work on the weekends. And as you might expect, that touched off a, a, a heated discussion on Twitter about the wisdom of that uh, statement if, or storm or whatever you call it on Twitter when people blow up and, and get mad at each other. Um, and... I thought, you know, that's a that's a really good that's a really good and important uh, debate to have, um, you know. But I think, um, you know, obviously on the one hand, if you want to get ahead, working more that makes some kind of sense. Um, but I think we're all worried about burnout. We're all worried about staying human, especially over the last year and a half and plus of the pandemic. We've all, I think, who are working, all of us have suffered, um, had to. You know, have towed the line or moved past it. Um, you know, working too much from home, especially, is so easy. So, so I share this uh, last stratagem advisedly. Um, but sometimes, what I and my wife and I call the hour of power can be a useful strategy. And what the hour of power is, maybe pretty obviously, is just um, if you're having a period where you've gotten so busy that your normal writing schedule has just gotten obliterated. Despite your best efforts at defense, your best efforts to claw time from the beast, maybe your writing schedule some week just got overrun and you didn't have time to get anything done. And you're starting to, you know, maybe feel the heat a little bit because you, you, you need to make progress. Maybe you have a deadline. Uh, maybe you owe something to a publisher. Maybe you promised a co-author to get your side of something done. Maybe you just had a, a goal in your head. I need to get this manuscript done by time X and it's coming up and I'm not there yet. If you're having that sort of scenario during a busy phase, uh, one solution that I adopted uh, was the hour of power. And and this was something I did more when our kids were little because my wife and I were just crazy busy back then. But once in a while, I would just have a crazy week and I'd be like, you know what? If I don't get something done on this, I'm, I'm going to really get behind. And so I'd say to my wife, you know what? Tonight, hon, I'm, I'm so crazy. I, I'm going to need an hour of power tonight if it's okay. And, you know, this was always a negotiation, of course, but, but she'd be like, okay, you know, fine. And so after dinner, we kind of get the kids dinner and all that. And then I would go up to a study uh, and I would hide for an hour or so. And I would just try to, you know, 
focus, nothing else going on, maybe a little music. Um, I would just go hide up in, in, in a room, a little music, um, and just you know, dive right in. And, and usually because those times I was, I was feeling pretty urgent. Um, I wouldn't have any trouble focusing and I would, I would manage to get a little bit of traction. And, uh, I never did an hour of power more than a couple times a week. Um, but you know, these things are all malleable, right? Your strategy might, might vary. I know people who, who, um, sneak off on a weekday morning and because, you know, their house is sleepy, no one's really in the mood to go do anything yet. So they're like, well, you know what, I'm going to go do uh, my hour or two or three or whatever it is at the coffee shop on a Saturday morning while everyone else is in their slippers uh, and, you know, playing Nintendo or whatever, um, you know. But now I say advisedly here because I think, you know, things become habits if they're done too often. And so what, what I you know want to encourage is that you consider this hour of power as a as a special special tool. Now, if it turns out that you're always going to use Saturday and everyone in your life is cool with that and that's when your writing time is going to be, that's not what I'm talking about. That's great. But if your normal is not to do work at a certain time, but you want to carve out a special exemption period to do an hour of power then, be careful that you are always balancing your, your life, right? Between writing and everything else you have going on. I, I mean, the, prep, the, the presupposition here is that this is a busy time for you and you are adding to your busyness by writing more and having this hour of power. And so this is, this is kind of a candle burning on both ends sort of a thing. You don't want to do too much of this for too long because you will risk burnout. And once you do that, once you burn out, um, the cost might be very large indeed. Um, so I say advisedly, the hour of power can be very useful. I, I will say that for me, it helped me stay sane during times when I might have panicked a little bit about things getting stalled, things not getting done on time, um, if, you know, a few times just falling behind on things or having just too many things to do, uh, especially because, you know, for me during the school year, I, you know, there are so many urgent things that, that, you know, I have to say, okay, is it more important to help this student who's failing, you know, and desperately needs help for the next hour or should I kick them out of my office so I can write? on my article that maybe no one will ever read anyway, but I need for my job. It was hard for me to always say no to those things, still is. And so sometimes my schedule would just be the place where I had enough of that would happen that I would need to carve back, claw back an hour or two a week um, just to keep moving forward so I didn't panic. So I, you know, I, I offer that as another thought about how you might cope with the busy times. Okay, so. Those are my thoughts. Just let's summarize briefly uh, where, where we've been. So all of us writers um, have busier times than others in our life. It's hard enough all the time to get stuff done, but there are times during the year, uh, maybe it's the school year, maybe it's tax season, whatever it is for you, um, there are times when it's even harder. And we need strategies to help us you know, plow through those hard times, those busy times, but still get some writing done. And so my sort of four general strategies there first is respect the crunch right respect that time crunch and know your speed limits right know how or what a reasonable pace for you is going to be during this busy time and set your plans and expectations accordingly don't don't push so hard that you go crazy so that's that's tip one tip number two is schedule your time 
the, the only way anyone's going to write during a busy time is if their calendar says write. So make sure you're weak. Make sure, build a model week. Put in all your other commitments, but make sure, even if it's just one slot, don't let that writing die. Get your writing on the schedule in a consistent place, in a place you know you'll be able to defend it, in a place you know you'll be comfortable and free enough from distractions and other people that you can get your stuff done. Tip number three is defend that time. Make the right promises and compromises with your significant others, your boss, your work, so that you can keep your writing sessions free and clear uh, and that you don't end up losing them to other people wanting you to do other things, right? Uh, your writing is the most important thing to you during your writing sessions, not the most important thing to other people. You need to defend those sessions um, because they're important to you. And then the fourth uh, tip was clawing back time from the beast. And, you know, I think if you think of your, your work day as a, you know, a cup full of, of stones, there, there's a lot of space in there still. And you can fill up that space with writing related tasks, little chunks of, of helpful progress, not maybe the big stuff, but the little stuff that can help you move forward during what would otherwise be just, you know, pointless parts of the day where nothing else was happening of any value, right? And so that's kind of a way to get an extra boost. And then finally, the hour of power, if and when you need a little bit more to either get you over the top, get you finished, keep you from falling behind. Once in a while, it's okay to click on the afterburner uh, and, and spend some time writing when you normally wouldn't. Um, again, with all the various promises and compromises that will require and being careful and thoughtful that you don't burn out because um, gosh knows we don't need that. Uh, so those are my strategies that I have kind of come up with over a few decades of doing this writing thing. Um, but you know what? All Everyone has their own strategies. I would love to hear how you grapple with writing during the busy times. Love to hear what strategies you guys are using. Um, and so we would love to see those in the comments. And, you know, in the meantime, till we talk again, happy writing.